what you're putting out there is of value that and a value to the right people. You know, you talk about converting audience. You have to define not just who your audience is, but what do they want to consume? One of the biggest mistakes that we make in sales and marketing is we share content that we want them to know, not content they want to consume. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. All right. I've got another fantastic treat here for you today. If LinkedIn has been your challenge or your question, and you're wondering how on earth can you use LinkedIn to build your connections and also turn those connections into conversations and conversions. I am super excited to have the LinkedIn whisperer with us today, who's going to help us talk about how to make the most of LinkedIn. Bryn Tillman is, as I said, the LinkedIn whisperer and CEO of Social Sales Link. For over a decade, she's been teaching entrepreneurs, sales teams, and business leaders how to leverage LinkedIn for social selling. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. She's a former sales trainer and personal producer. And Bryn has adopted all of the traditional sales techniques and adapted them to the digital world, right? Most of us are working online. And it's really important for everything that we do from connection to conversion that a applies to the digital world. So Bryn, so excited to have you. She's also the co-host of the Making Sales Social podcast and author of the LinkedIn Sales Playbook. So she definitely knows LinkedIn and how to make it work for you. So Bryn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Kimberly, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Fantastic. I'm thrilled to have you here because LinkedIn, I'm going to admit, is one of those things I should be doing more of. And I get asked a lot about, but I don't know what I don't know. So I'm so excited to have you here and talking with us today. So tell me a little bit about how you became the LinkedIn whisperer, if you will. You know, it's a great title. It's a fantastic title. Right before we start, sat down to record, you told me an amazing story about, you know, being involved in the world of LinkedIn. So how did you get started? Yeah, thanks for asking. And I am very grateful to be kind of in that world of LinkedIn but it started by accident. So I actually have a degree in hospitality management and culinary arts, but I had a child and hours were really hard in that world. So I went into sales because that's what you do. And I actually really fell in love with it and recognized that it wasn't about selling something, something, but it was really about helping someone solve a problem or a solution and have an impact in their world. So I fell in love with business development. And because I did a relatively good job in all the positions I held, I ended up the ride-along person, right? We had a new person go sit with Bryn and listen to what she's doing. 
you know, go out on a client call and see what she's doing. So I ended up in sales training. And from corporate, I ended up launching a sales training company with a partner and started teaching LinkedIn. I found it pretty early on and saw the magic in it and started teaching it to business development folks. I almost as a loss leader to get into our sales training course. And then we'd teach them how to cold call. And I said, wait, this is so dumb because what we're (laughs) teaching on LinkedIn is so much more powerful than any cold call or cold knock on a door can possibly be. So I said to my partner, I don't want to teach this other stuff. This is all I want to do. So she gave me a hug and said, when LinkedIn, you know, it's a fad, when it's gone, come on back. And we're eight years in and it has been one of the mo- most incredible rides and really grateful to be able to change the lives of salespeople just because we're teaching them how to leverage their own existing connections and network. Wow. That is such a great story, first off, because I love that you have a degree in something completely unrelated. Uh, (laughs) I also have a degree in something completely unrelated to marketing. And, you know, it's just it's a great show of how, you know, finding your your passion, finding your niche, finding your 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 specialty, if you will, doesn't necessarily have to be a straight line. And you just have to go with what feels right sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I love that, you know, you got into sales and then you're like, you know what? I can see the potential. And I think that's something that I want to pause and take a moment for Because remember, just because somebody tells you that what you want to do and who you want to serve and how you want to help people in the world isn't actually a viable business plan, it doesn't mean that they're right. Now, it does mean you should take some time and think about it. (laughs) But it doesn't, you know, don't let other people dictate, you know, how that's going to work. Yes, let's hear it. Because you're brilliant. And what you just said, I mean, it... it, it's amazing how many people want to be an entrepreneur, but are never actually get to follow that dream because people have told them they can't or shouldn't do it. I believe if there is something that you want to do and go off on your own and create your own business, it just needs to hit three things. Number one, you have to love it. Number two, you have to be really, really good at it. Mm. And number three, people have to be willing to pay you for it. And if you can hit those three, do it. Yes. If you can hit those three, you're golden. Yeah. I will say, you know, for anyone out there listening who's like, yeah, you know, I think I've got an idea, but I'm just not sure. Can never be as successful as insert whatever name you want to put here. I've been doing this for six years. I run my own business. I am definitely fitting the the model of success for myself. And I still get asked by pretty much everyone I know who's not in that world. So when are you going to get a real job? So, (laughs) you know, just just remember, right, if you've got passion, if you're good at it and if someone's willing to pay you for it, you can make a business out of it. So let's dive in a little bit, Bryn. Uh, You know, I want to talk about how a how to connect properly and then how to turn those connections into conversations, because I think the the challenge for so many people with LinkedIn is not really knowing where to start. Like, it's not really Facebook. It's not really any of the other social networks. Sometimes what you see is kind of similar to those though. And you're like, I know I need to meet people, but how does that work? So, you know, what's your like crash course on making connections on LinkedIn? That's such a great question. There are definitely numerous paths to take. So let's just start with a relatively cold person that we don't know that we want to connect with. There are, the first thing I would do is I would look to see if we had shared connections. 
And if we had, so if there is second degree connection on LinkedIn, you have at least one shared connection, if not more. So take a look at those shared connections and identify if there's anyone on that list or multiple people on that list that you can reach out to and say, hey, John, I noticed you're connected to Kimberly on LinkedIn. I'm going to be reaching out to her in the next couple of weeks. But before I do, I was wondering how well do you know her and do you have any insights that you might be open to sharing with me? So let's say you have 24 shared connections and there are eight people that you know well and you get that message to all eight. One, two, or three of them may come back and say, oh my gosh, I love her. I listen to her podcast all the time. I follow her content. We went to high school together, right? <laughs> Numerous ways that you might have some connections. So then you find the one that has the closest potentially and say, would you be open to just a quick five minute call? I'll tell you why I'm reaching out to her and you can let me know if you think it makes sense. We have this quick call. And I forget who I said it was, John, whoever ever was. I believe it was John, yes. I think it was just usually John. I usually use John, so I remember and then I forgot. But so I go, John, thank you so much for your time and giving me kind of some of those insights on, on Kimberly. I'm really looking forward to talking to her. When I do, is it okay if I mention we chatted? Yes, fabulous. Kimberly, John and I were chatting the other day. Your name came up in our conversation. And when they told him a little bit about what I'm doing, he thought it made sense for me to reach out and introduce myself. Let's connect and I'll loop you in a little bit further. Right. So that's first way. Warm I market. hope you're all taking notes. That is literally step by step a script for you to use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we connect. Kimberly, thanks for the connection. I'm looking forward to sharing what John and I were chatting about. Let me know your preferred way to schedule. If it's via calendar link, here's mine. I love that because it, it gives you the opportunity to have that connection. It, it makes a, a warmer connection point so that, you know, you're not a complete and utter stranger, but it also leaves it up to that person to be like, okay, what is the next step? You let me know what's best for you. You know, I've, I've had people reach out to me and they're like, yeah, uh, how about next Tuesday? Let's chat. And I'm like, um, I haven't even like responded to you. And I don't do the let's back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And maybe we'll actually get on a phone call. No, pick a time that works for you. Those are the times I've already set aside that work for me. So let's use that. And I, I you know, I love that also the, the way you phrase dropping your calendar link, like if it's your preferred method, here's mine. But that also leaves you open to, oh, if you want me to book on yours, that's fine, too. And people do that. People will say, um, would you mind just taking a look at my calendar? That's awesome. Right. Because. Whatever it is, I mean, it's still the response is some people will say, I don't love calendar links. How's Tuesday at 10 a.m.? That's fine. I'm the one that wants the conversation. I need to be flexible and figure it out. But hmm. I want to make sure that I'm respecting their preferred way. Absolutely. Yeah. So that and, and I've had people say, hey, just text me a couple of dates. Here's myself. Like you don't know. But now you're working on their terms and you're more likely to, to secure that conversation. Right. So, you know, that's kind of how to reach out to people you don't know, right? And of course, if you know people, I would assume you're kind of getting, you know, 15 steps ahead, right? If you know somebody, you're like, hey, we just connected on X. Uh, why don't we connect here too? I see those messages a lot. Or is there a better way to do it for semi-warm connections? So I get, there are so many ways to do this, but a semi-warm connection to me means you've had a conversation just because you connected on Instagram or followed or whatever doesn't mean they're warm yet. It doesn't make them a lead. To me, that's like, hey, they you're at a networking meeting and they made a nod across the room. That is not or like, across the Zoom room. <laughs> right, right. So it's it's not a real opportunity yet. 
That said, I love cross-connecting on many places, particularly between Twitter and LinkedIn. I, I tend to, to do that. Um, but a sem- if it's a warmer connection, maybe it's someone you actually met on, in a Zoom networking room. I go to, I'm in two or three Zoom networking rooms a week. I'm part of a group called JVMM and they'll have a meeting and there'll be 40 people in the room. And right. And so that I may go, Ooh, I want to meet that person. Ooh. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat it like we both came to see a keynote, whatever that meeting was. Right. So in this case, let's say Kimberly is talking at a meeting, her, her webinar, her, and I found six people on that webinar. I'd love to follow up with what I'm going to go do is find content more content from that keynote. Clearly everyone is here because that keynote, that person speaking is someone they respect. There's credibility. That's a topic we all have something in common with. I'm going to start the conversation there. So I'm going to go find a podcast Kimberly was on or a blog post that she published or a 30 second video on LinkedIn with an amazing tip. And now I'm going to approach all these people. And by the way, I said this in a Zoom, these could also be commenters. Mm. on Kimberly's post, right? So it doesn't even have to be in a networking room. It could be we're all commenting on a Zoom video recording with some tips, right? So now I go find another piece from that author, that keynote, and I'm going to reach out and I'll say, hey, John, I see we both really love Kimberly's content. I'm not sure if you heard her on the podcast XYZ three weeks ago. She was amazing and had some insights around X, Y, and Z. If you're interested, let me know. I'll send you a link. And I do that in a connection request. Fantastic. Right. And now we connect. And most of the time they'll say, yeah, please send that. Sometimes they don't respond at all. And I'll say, hey, just want to know, are you interested in the link to the podcast? And I would say I get about a 50% yes, please. Even higher sometimes. 50% conversion or response rate on anything in marketing is a magical number. So definitely something to keep in mind. But notice I haven't talked about my product, my service, my, this is a normal conversation. Absolutely. So we, we really teach, treat people on the other side of the message the same way you would if they were on the other side of the table. So you, I wouldn't walk up to you and say, hey, Kimberly, I'm Bryn Tillman. We help sales professionals grow their business by leveraging LinkedIn to start more sales conversations. Are you interested in buying my course, we never do that. So why and are we yet, <laughs> and yet I see instances of this in so many different ways and places in marketing, but it's, it's important to remember that, especially when using LinkedIn, but I think this is a, a lot, something that people kind of forget when they're talking about email, but when we're talking about LinkedIn and email and any kind of marketing, right? Remember, it doesn't matter how many people are seeing this. I don't care if it's five or 5,000, no matter how many people are seeing this, it's a one-to-one. They're seeing your single post and they're a single person seeing that. They're seeing your single connection and they're a single person seeing that. So remember that these are actual real living people with real living lives. And while you probably wouldn't appreciate the approach necessarily from the other end, kind of just have that in your head, right? Absolutely. And I I love that you said that because, I mean, there really are, when you're sharing content, kind of three groupings, right? There's one to many, one to few, and one-on-one. But I love what you said, that even if you've shared it one to many, people are consuming it as an individual. So you have to make sure that what you're putting out there is of value, that, and a value to the right people. You know, you talk about 
converting audience. You have to define not just who your audience is, but what do they want to consume? One of the biggest mistakes that we make in sales and marketing is we share content that we want them to know, not content they want to consume. So what happens is we lead with our solution, right? Right. So we end up leading with our solution instead of to our solution. And it's so much more powerful when we're bringing them in, like, right? Like, oh, I wish I could remember this quote, but Bob Berg has a quote. I, I, I'm going to, I'm got to find it by the end. I know that I have it somewhere, but you know, it's, it, you, you can't, you can't attract someone by pushing a rope, right? So if you're pushing your content, mm. if you're pushing it out there, no, you're not bringing them closer to you. You can't push a rope, right? You pull the rope, you bring them in, you get, you get them closer and closer through insights that they want to consume. Absolutely. You know, that is the, that's the entire core of how I approach marketing, right? Is how can I help you? And you, of course, is your audience because they're looking for help. They're looking for solutions. They're, they've got a problem, whatever that looks like. And that's what they're interested in. It's not about, well, I want to talk about the amazingness of my software, or I want to talk about the amazingness of my approach to copywriting, right? What it is about is this person has a, has a challenge. Can you give them something to bring them closer to you that relates to that challenge? And this, of course, is a great segue to talking about, we've talked about how to make connections on LinkedIn. So now Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about how to turn those connections into conversations and conversions. So I love that. And I did quickly pull up this quote because I think it's important. And then let's transition anyway. So Bob Berg, who is the author of The Go-Giver and Endless Referrals, the quote is, how far can you push a rope? Not very far. That's why true influencers don't push. Yes, don't push. They attract and pull. There right? you go. <laughs> yes. So, so really important. So the question is, how do we create conversations? So we earn the right. You can't get a conversation because you think they should have a conversation with you. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many people say to me, if they just get on a call with me, I can bring so much value. I can provide insights that can help them, even if we never work together but they just won't get on a call with me. And the reason they won't get on the call with you is because you haven't earned the right. And the way we earn the right is by providing value and insights, by showing up and being credible, by allowing them to test drive us through the, the content that we're putting out there, including your LinkedIn profile, which should be a resource, not a resume. And they, Ooh, they that's get, a good one. Resource, not a resume, right? Yeah, we it's have, more we than actually, a digital resume. <laughs> yeah, we actually say we, we actually say convert your profile from a resume to a resource. Is sort there of the you line. go. Fantastic. Fine. But the bottom line with with all of that is if you are not of value to them, then they don't care about you. So you telling them how you help clients just like them do A, B, and C is not a context that they care about yet. The only time they care about how you've helped other clients is after you've proven that you can help them. Just telling them that you provide value doesn't work anymore. Mm. You actually have to provide value. Just telling them how you can help them doesn't work anymore. You actually have to help them. You know, when I started in sales, there was no Google. 
If they wanted information, I worked at Dun and Bradstreet. They literally had to call the inbound call center, which I was one of the answerers in my first sales job out of school. And you know, they had they they had no other place to get information about our products and services. So we had this int- incredible advantage that mm-hmm. very early on in the buying process, we got the conversation. Now they're two thirds of the way through the buying process. They've Googled, they've watched YouTube videos, they looked at reviews, right? And so by the time they get to you, if they decide to get to you, they already have a preconceived notion of what they need and want. Number one, if they are coming to you, then there's a good chance your content helped to mold that preconceived notion. Absolutely. Corporate Visions tells us in a study that they did, 74% of buyers choose the sales rep that was first to provide value and insight. It's not on price. It's not on rate. It's not, I mean, it's about who is providing value. People work with people that earn the right. And that they know, like, and trust, which part of earning the right is to showcase that you can actually give and provide value. It's another Bob Berg. I don't know if you know that from his book, Endless Referrals. He's the one that coined all things being equal. People do business with and refer people they know, like, and trust. However, on digital, so that used to be, how do you get to know someone? You go to a trade show, you go to a conference, a networking meeting. That's where we got to know people before. How do you do it today? You have to attract, teach, and engage them digitally to get to the know. That's how we get to the know today. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that's a really great summary, essentially, of basically any type of marketing and any type of sales process, but especially with LinkedIn, is you have to make that connection, right? But you have to make it a connection that showcases why it's worth for you to be a connection. Sending a connection request with no message doesn't provide value. Sending a connection request saying, hey, I think we should connect doesn't really provide value, right? You want to be showcasing and providing the reason for the connection. And then providing the insight and value and the reason for continuing the conversation. And that's when that that next step can happen and getting those conversations in place. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about, you know, we've talked a lot about LinkedIn and how you can use it to build connections and to take those connections into conversations and, and how LinkedIn can be this amazing tool to build out a great connection network. But also, you know, you've used LinkedIn and social selling as a method to build a community of other people who are taking this approach of, we want business to be a collaboration. We want business to provide value for others. It's not about here, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. So tell me a little bit about your experience with building a community of people who are using this approach on LinkedIn. Well, I mean, this is all that I do for a living, right? So my community that I've built has been incredibly purposeful. And really, my community consists of kind of three types of people. And they hang out in different places. So there's the entrepreneurs and the coaches that are part of our our e-learning monthly coaching program that's incredibly affordable for the individual. And we attract them through sharing content that helps them succeed before they even ever come to us. And they engage consistently on the content that's meaningful to them. We also make sure that once they've engaged, that we keep them engaged. 
So if they're engaging on a piece of content and we're like, ooh, this is someone that would be great in our community, we put out a poll and now we invite them, say, hey, notice that you've engaged on some of our content around how to leverage your your clients to get more instructions and and referrals. Uh, We have a poll that we just put out. Your one-click vote would mean a lot to us. And all of a sudden, they're like, wow, I got noticed. I matter. I'm asking. They really, really like me. <laughs> they really, but that, you know, that's how you build a community. It is a community is not one way. So an influencer might have a lot of people engaging, but it's not a community until they engage back. Absolutely. I love that, right? A community is not one way. That is something, uh, take a moment, pause, take that in, because a community is about building a group of people, not only who are all kind of interested in the same type of approach, type of business, type of hobby, whatever that looks like, but it's also really about building those connections and building a place where you can get the support and accountability you need. So, you know, I, I ask people sometimes, you know, what's your community like? What's, what's that look like? How big is it? And they're like, oh, well, do you mean like how many people follow me on social? Which, as you said, right, it's not that two-way engagement. Those people don't necessarily interact with you. You don't necessarily interact with them. And this is a a driving (laughs) concern for a lot of people I talk with. They're like, I want to have a huge, you know, following, but I don't want to have to do anything to do it. And you're like, well, if you're building a community, they're they're joining you because they want to interact with you and the others in your community. So you have to interact back, right? Yeah, there's no pixie dust. It, 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 you know, it's if you want to build relationships, you've got to put the time in. One Absolutely. of the biggest mistakes I see people make, influencers as well, who will, in my opinion, will struggle to get to the next level unless they engage back. So I see people with great content, share the content, they get 15 or 20 comments and they don't engage back. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is those people feel ignored and they stop engaging. However, so someone who does this really well is Mark Hunter, who's a sales influencer. So he'll put something out, they'll comment, and then he comments back and asks them a question so that they then comment back again. So the people that love, that follow him, love him, and they comment because they can't wait till he engages back with them. He has over 300,000 followers on LinkedIn. Like, let that soak in. That's a huge number. (laughs) That's a huge number, ladies and gents. (laughs) But it's because every single person that engages with him, he invests. He doesn't hire someone to do it for him. He invests back in every single person that comments. And I mean, that's, to me, he has built a very, very loyal community. There are people at his level of success that po- we call it post and ghost. Mm. They put it out and they never engage. They are net, they may, they may make money and they may be doing well, but it is not a community. It's just followers. And there's a big difference there's a big difference. And, you know, when you take the time to engage on an influencer's post and they engage back, man, you've got huge connection. I'm going to give you one more example. Jeffrey Gittimer. I don't know if, you know, yes, everyone knows Jeffrey Gittimer. <laughs> he runs a live every morning at 9.59 a.m. Eastern time. And he has incredible loyal people 
that come onto this live. And he makes sure that everyone that comments, he brings their comment on that live. So people are commenting because Jeffrey Gittimer is going to see my name. Yeah. Right. And so they keep coming back because he acknowledges them. So that to me, he, I, I would probably say Jeffrey and Jennifer Gittimer have one of the strongest communities in sales because they engage with every single person. They've created a community, not just a following. Absolutely. The community versus following question, I think, is, is really powerful for people to, to consider and you know decide which one is the way that you want to approach it and grow your business. So we've talked about how you have this purpose-built community, you know, how you view community, what community means to you. You know, I think everyone benefits from being able to see how different people approach community and from seeing challenges. So what was one of the challenges for you with building your community, with getting it up and running? So I, I would say initially some of the bigger challenges was I, I was talking to two different persona. Not right. knowing so, your audience, very so, popular challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So initially, was I talking to marketers? Was I talking to sales practitioners? Was I talking to sales leaders? Is the advice that since the sales leader generally, at least in my corporate side of the business, because I have two distinct sides, one is the entrepreneur and coach, and one is large sales teams like TD Bank or you know Comcast or Aramark, right? So, so I've got these two, and then who's hiring me, right? So the people that are hiring me are the sales and marketing leaders. A lot of times the CMO brings me in. Mm. So the content that I'm sharing, how do I get that to resonate with my audience? And I had to get to the lowest common denominator because I do have different audiences and I know them, but when I put something out, I don't want one audience to say, ah, she doesn't work with people like me. Exactly. So when we put out content, it's got to resonate with really the, the three persona that we sell into. And for a very long time, we would discuss it. Like, how do we put this out there so that a sales leader is attracted to this, that a professional salesperson that might be in a complex sale is attracted to this, and an entrepreneur is attracted to this. And so now it's, an, it's natural for us, but it was a lot of work to really come up with how do we share insights and value that attract all of our audience? And I think that's a common problem as well. And, you know, there are different approaches on how to take it. Some people, you know, have specific campaigns for one group and specific campaigns for others. You've just, you know, you've taken the, the common denominator approach. What do all of those people have in common? How can we create and phrase that that content so that it's valuable to every person, no matter which category they fall into. So Brian, you've shared so much great and fantastic information about LinkedIn, how to leverage it, how to use it, you know, where to get started. If you had to tell people one thing to do after listening to this, that that first step to making sure that LinkedIn is actually going to work for you and be worth your time, what would you say? So I'm going to split it into because first I want a mindset and then I'll give action items. Awesome. Okay. So the mindset is detach from what that prospect is worth to you and attach to what you are worth to that prospect. Absolutely. That's a great shift. I like that. Yeah. If we are out there thinking, I want, you know, I've got this fishing pole and I need leads, I need leads, I need leads all the time. Like it, it, it's very painful. And in the words of our good friend, Larry Levine, they can smell commission breath even over Zoom. Right. So, so you've got to detach from that. What you want to do is throw out lots and lots of bait. 
really good bait, right? To lots and really attract them in. It's really important. And you do that from really being a value and detaching from who's going to convert, even though we want conversions, we have to go out there going, I really want to bring value. And then they convert themselves. So, I mean, it just happens. There's still work. They convert themselves by liking and commenting on something. Mm. So that does, it's not done. We now have to take that to conversation, right? But we need to shift them from lurkers to engagers in, in order to convert, right? So that, so, so I think that was a whole bunch of things. The very first thing they have to do though, is make sure that their, their profile is set up to do its job, which is to convert your connection to a conversation. So if your profile is positioned as a resume or as a landing page or as a pitch deck, mm. everything else that you do is ne- never going to see the results that are potentially possible for you. Fantastic. Absolutely. You know, remind, just remembering kind of uh, what our purpose of marketing is, right? Our purpose of marketing is to get clients, but in order to do that, we also have to showcase, um, hey, I provide value to these people as well as opposed to the opposite. So uh, updating your LinkedIn profile, make sure that it does the actual purpose, which is to convert conversations into, uh, well, convert connections into conversations. Yep. And, you know, Brynn, I want to say thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your wisdom with us, for, for giving us such great and wonderful information. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, uh, where can they go to find out? So you can certainly find me on LinkedIn. Um, there. There's a shop, right? There's LinkedIn. A, there's a <laughs> There's a good chance you'll find me. And, you know, we've got lots of free resources at linkedinlibrary.com, like tons and tons of free resources. Fantastic. So do be sure to check out linkedinlibrary.com and to get a bunch of resources from Bryn Tillman, the LinkedIn Whisperer and CEO of Social uh, Sales Social selling. I gosh, I can't. Social sales link. Social sales link. I was like, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) It's okay, ladies and gents. Uh, You know, Bryn, thank you again so much for coming on, for sharing your wisdom with us and for, for being here and talking about LinkedIn and your passion for it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Until next time, everyone, you've been listening to the podcast on LinkedIn and how to convert from connections to conversations. Until next time, keep calm and we'll update that LinkedIn profile. 